Welcome to the Harbour City Podcast. We are a church in the East African port city of Durban, South Africa. Get to know us better at harbourcity.co.za or at harbourcitydbn on socials. We hope you enjoy this message. Uh, this morning, I'm going to read a passage from Joshua. Um, I know we we said that we when we went into our work series that we're taking... Uh, a little bit of a break from um, Galatians, which we got all the way to the middle of Galatians, and uh, um, we're going to go back to Galatians at some time. Uh, but we're just jumping around a couple topics uh, in, the, in the meantime before we go back to Galatians. Um, and one of the things I want to talk about is fear and courage. Um, and uh, so going to read from Joshua 1, verses 1 to 9. Um, And we're going to look a little bit of this idea of fear and courage. So, Joshua 1, verse 1 says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, Moses' aid, servant is dead. Now then you and all these people get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give to them. To the Israelites, I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river to the Euphrates, uh, the great river, the Euphrates, or the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west. No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you, because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. So I want to look a little bit at this idea of fear and uh, its corresponding kind of idea of courage. Um, Lisa and I, through through the years, have uh, known a guy in, in ministry, some of you will know, his name's Chris Finant, um, he planted a church called Glenrich and then uh, went uh, to lead a church called uh, the U.S. And he said one of the things that he noticed after he had been in the U.S. for about a year was how much like resident anxiety started lifting from him. He just physically felt different after being out of South Africa for a year. And one of the things that, that he said that, noticed about us in South Africa is that we all carry like this low latent anxiety or fear. And whether that's because we've been victims of crime, um, I don't know how many of us in this room have been victims of crime. Some of us have been victims of pretty serious and, and hectic crime. Or whether it's because of political instability or whether it's because of the difficulty of the job situation and, and how that plays in us seeing our our future, but there seems to be like this low-level 
anxiety or fear that we all seem to carry at some point in our lives. Like if you've got a car and you drive home, I don't know if you've noticed this, but like as you get to your driveway, if you're anything like me, you're probably checking all your mirrors, you're watching what other cars are on the road, who's walking around. Like there's just these things that we do living in South Africa that if you don't live in South Africa, you're like, this is weird. Like, why did you do that? Why did you go around the block? Why are you watching everything going on? Why have you like protecting every piece of item that you have on you? Why are you worried about not being able to get a job, etc., etc.? There's just because of the current situation in South Africa, there seems to be uh, this low level bit of fear that we all have. Um, And when you live with fear for too long, it affects how you act. So um, South Africans tend to have quite short tempers. I mean, you just have to watch rugby and notice South Africans like to beat people on the the rugby field. Uh, We have a bit of a reputation for that. But, like, it begins to affect us. It begins to affect our anger levels. It begins to affect our our emotional levels. It begins to play a toll on us when we carry so much fear. Now, fear is not as terrible as uh, we can often think of it. Fear is our self-preservation instinct. Uh, It's our body's response, in some sense, to to protecting itself. So when you have fears, can be good fears, like walking off a mountain, you probably should be scared of that. Um, And so when your body gets fearful of that, like, you know, that's probably a good response. Or standing in front of a moving car coming towards you and you get fear and you jump out the way, good response, probably a good thing. To live with constant unhealthy fear though, becomes very unhealthy for us. Um, But fear is a reality, and that's why there's something called courage. Courage is, uh, as some of you know, one of my favorite quotes comes from a movie, The Princess Diaries. Don't judge me here, guys. Yes, yes, back in the day, I watched that, loved it. Super embarrassed right now that I loved it so much. But there's this quote from the Princess Diaries that says, courage is not the absence of fear. It's the understanding that something is more important than the fear itself. Um, Courage is not how we act when we have no fear. It's how we act when there is something more important than being fearful. Courage is our ability to act in the face of fear. Um, so when we talk about fear and courage now, we're not just talking about living in, a, in this hopeful world where we never, ever have fear. What we want to talk about is having uh, the ability to act in spite of times when we fear fearful and to live as a South African in KZN requires what uh, the term is now, going around, quasilience, you know, the unique bit of resilience that one needs to live in KZN at the moment, quasilience. But um, we don't just need quasilience, we need courage to live uh, in 
South Africa right now. And if we want to be people who build towards a better future in our country, then we definitely need courage. Tyrants rule the world on fear. Gangs rule the world on fear. And people who build good societies do so by staring fear in the face and having courage to build in a different way. Uh, If we want to live good lives, build good cities, build good workplaces, uh, uh, live well in the current climate in KZN, then we need to have courage. So, I mean, probably all of us have different fears. I'm not sure um, what makes you fearful. Maybe it is crime. Uh, that that you you live with a constant sense of fear around. I mean, maybe it's fear of not having enough, not having enough money. Maybe it's the fear of your future. It could be fear of how your kids are turning out and uh, whether they're going to be okay. Some of us just have the fear of having difficult conversations. Uh, Some of us are living with that fear right now. We need to have a conversation with a spouse or a colleague or a friend. And there's just this low-level kind of like anxiety and fear about having that conversation. Um, Some of us have fears of maybe driving, you know, because of, of some of the, the incidents of late. Uh, some of us have fear of putting ourselves out there, you know, like uh, bringing a new idea into a meeting or, or something like that. We fear what people are going to say about us. And the world is uncertain. The world, in some ways, is a scary place. Um, if you just have to think over the last few years, you realize, like, The world can be a very uncertain, very scary place that can strike fear within us. Um, But what is it right now that is causing you to have fear? What is it that you need courage for? Um, And we want to look a little bit at this passage, and I'll mention three points coming out of this passage, but we want to look a little bit at this passage and about having courage. In this passage, uh, God says to Joshua three times to be courageous. Um, And this is an interesting passage, and hopefully there'll be three points that that will help us as we walk through fear um, and as we have courage. Um, Fear paralyzes us. I don't know if you've ever been in that situation. I've once before been in that situation where for some reason I thought someone was in the house when I woke up at at night um, and wasn't. So maybe it was the irrational fear at that point. But I remember fear coming over me and being completely paralyzed, like literally lying in my bed. I was like, I should probably get up and look or not, I could just lie here and just like completely, utterly paralyzed. And sometimes that's what happens with our lives when we have too much fear in our lives is we begin, we get paralyzed. We can't move forward. We can't move on with with our lives. We can't make progress because fear 
in is like it binds us. It like puts cords around us that stops us from making progress. It could be in our jobs, you know. We, we know we've got a good idea to bring to the table or we, we know we need to put ourselves out there in a specific project or something like that. But there's this fear of what people will say or what people will think, etc., etc., that just paralyzes us from moving forward. Fear paralyzes us. And, but if we want to move forward, then we need to find courage. And that's what something of this passage is about. Joshua is at a point right now where the people have come out of Egypt 40 years before this. They came out of Egypt, they progressed through the deserts, and they've got themselves to the Jordan River. Um, but Moses and every part of every one of that generation, except for uh, Joshua and Caleb, have died. And there's a new generation, and Joshua is going to lead these people into what God had promised them hundreds of years before. He's going to lead them, and God says to Joshua three times, be strong and courageous, have courage, have courage. And why would he need to have courage? Well, prior to this, Joshua hang out with the guy, um, as you know, he was Moses' aide. He hang out with Moses. Now, Moses was a big deal. If you just have to read uh, the, the first five books of the Bible, but in particular, Exodus, uh, Numbers, Leviticus, Deuteronomy, and you realize that Moses was a huge deal. He was a massive deal. He leads the people out of Egypt. I mean, Moses can do the spectacular. He does the 10 plagues, you know. He like puts a staff in the, the Red Sea and the Red Sea parts. I mean, Moses is incredible. If you're hanging around with Moses, you probably don't feel like you need to have much courage because you're like, ah, Moses, he's got it, you know. When they're at battle, it says that Moses would put up his hands, uh, and when his hands were up, they would win. When his hands came down, they would lose. So, like, Moses is huge. Like, he's a big deal. You know, like, as long as Moses is around, you feel somewhat invincible. Like, if he's got his hands up, because we're crushing it. If there's people sick, you know, puts his staff up, like he can get water out of a rock. Moses, he's the guy. You don't need much courage while Moses is around. But you can imagine Joshua, he's relied probably to this point so much on Moses, and now he's got to go into the promised land, this place where he knows there's going to be difficulty, he knows there's going to be challenge, he knows they're going to have to fight for the space in which they're going to occupy, he knows that it comes fraught with a whole bunch of fears, and he doesn't have Moses around. So I can imagine if you, Joshua, at this point, you're probably somewhat afraid. Um, and so what happens is God tells them to have courage. Have courage. Have courage. It's part of the challenge and the call for you and I. I think it's a challenge for Harbor City, believing we're going into a new season, is to have for what we feel God has called us to. Maybe you feel God is calling you to a new season. The call is to have courage. Courage, the ability in one sense to act in the face of fear. Uh, so 
three things. The first one doesn't come from Joshua. It comes from Matthew chapter 10. Uh, when Jesus says this, Jesus says, he says, don't fear that which can destroy your body. Fear that which can destroy your soul. What, what, what is Jesus saying uh, there at the end of Matthew chapter 10? Is he saying what is healthy for us to do is to order our fears, is to put them in the right perspective. And what he's saying is that God should be our first and primary and most healthiest fear. Uh, if you go into Proverbs 3, it says in Proverbs 3 that the fear of God is the beginning of wisdom. Um, and at this point, I think one thing to understand is the word that is used for fear, both in the Hebrew and Greek, is not one of terror. It's not one of like this being absolute petrified of God. It's a fear, the kind of respect, of honor, of realizing that God is all powerful. Don't mess with him. Don't brush him aside. Don't just disregard him like, ah, God, he's just like an old grumpy man sitting on a chair in the heavens. What's he going to do? It's like God is the all-powerful being in the universe, the one who has created all things, who sustains all things, the one who causes all things to exist and to function. Don't mess with God. God is the one in whom we should have our primary fear of putting God first. Don't fear the small stuff in one sense is what is, and it seems crazy. Don't fear that which could kill your body. You're like, that doesn't seem quite small. Uh, it seems like a pretty big deal. Um, but... What Jesus is trying to put in perspective is the fact that if you're going to live for eternity, make sure that your fears are in the right place. And that is, don't, is, is that God should be the one that we have the most respect for. Sometimes what holds us back is that we have fears in all the wrong places. Um, so maybe we have like a really unhealthy fear of what people will think of us. Um, I don't know if uh, you struggle with that. I know some people really do, some people don't. Or maybe it's just an unhealthy fear of, it could be anything, you know. Driving, for example, could be one of, of the things. But helps us move forward and have courage at first as the one that we primarily respect, have um, fear for in one sense, knowing that God ultimately is the one that holds the eternal destiny of every one of us in his hands. Um, that having a healthy fear for him first helps order and put in perspective everything else. And when courage comes from God, ultimately, that also helps knowing that the God who you put first is also the one who gives you courage to face all uh, the other challenges that we have often. As I go through my own wrestles with fear, living in South Africa and our own experiences that we have, what helps me often is just to put things 
in perspective. God, you are the one who is the supreme being of all the universe. Whatever can happen to me now won't compare to what you are going to bring to me in eternity. Like, God, you are the one who I should give my honor and my respect and my time and my energy to put God first helps orientate everything else. Uh, one, one of the other things that I, I really love idea is uh, um, God says to Joshua uh, these very famous words. You, you may have heard it in some sort of transitionary moment before. Moses, my servant, is dead. I mean, like, that's how God opens the conversation. Thanks. Like, I didn't notice that. Um, but he, he just opens it up. It's like this reminder that that which gave you courage in the past is now gone. Like, it's gone. He's, it's, he's reminding um, Joshua of that fact. Moses who led you, Moses who gave you courage, Moses who was a source of kind of security for you, it's gone, you source of courage. What happens sometimes as we get gripped with fear, I think, is that we lose the thing that used to give us comfort and security and courage, and then we're trying to find that again. The reality is, is that God is always going to draw us ultimately to himself. God is always going to draw us ultimately to himself. That, Mo, uh, that Joshua at some point is going to have to get rid of Moses being all of his security and turn it towards God. That the way we find courage, the way that we find a sense of security is to move it off the things, that, these false comforts, these false senses of security that uh, uh, you know, we seem to put in place all the time and to move it on to God. You know what, I think what happens in, in South Africa is that, and uh, you know, no judgment here to to people who have gone this way. But what often happens in South Africa is that we keep on adding things to our lives to try and give us a sense of comfort and security. So, you know, we move out of one neighborhood into another, and then we put up electric fences, and then we put up cameras, and then that's not good enough, so now we need to go into a complex, and then we need a complex with, like, major security, you know, that's got, like, double walls and this and that, and, and then we need to move to another area with better complexes, etc. and we keep on adding these things that we hope is going to bring us a sense of of comfort. You know, what's the next thing that we need? Is it an electric fence? Is it a, uh, uh, is it a, um, you know, cameras, is it a community, neighborhood watch, is it this and that? And there's a reality that some of those things help. But what happens is that we try and alleviate our fears by increasing our level of reliance on things for, for bringing us comfort. Whereas the reality uh, that the scriptures teach us is that God is the only source of true comfort and security, that God is the only source of true comfort 
and security. And that we will only ultimately find rest when we find it in him. I love that passage in Matthew 11 where, where Jesus says, you know, come to me, all you who are heavy laden and weary, and in me you will find rest. And I think what happens often is that we become more and more heavy laden. We become more and more burdened. We become more and more needing and reliant on stuff and just become so exhausting. But ultimately, the rest for our anxiety and fears is only found in the source of ultimately our courage. Moses, my servant, is dead what you found courage on in the past and you're going to have to rely on me. God is calling us out of some of those things to find courage in him and him alone. My final point revolves around this is where God says to to Joshua, especially before he says to him to be strong and courageous, he says, I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous. And what goes on, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever your courage levels have gone like significantly higher just purely because of having someone with you. So like, maybe it's going out of the house at night, you've heard a noise. Like if Cleo, my dog's with me, I'm like, okay, I can, I can do it, you know? I've got a rod father, I'm like, okay, I can go outside. You know, Cleo's there. What is Cleo going to do? Probably run, you know? But the fact that Cleo is there, like gives me a sense of courage. Or one of my kids, hey, can I come with you, Dad? And you're like... I mean, what are my kids going to do? But now you're like, you I need to be courageous um, for, for my kids. Or I, I'm more a flight person in the face of fear. Like I, I want to run or just get paralyzed. But we went through a very significant traumatic experience at our home. And just the fact that my wife was there and my mother-in-law, I think evoked a whole different sense of courage because they, they were there. Um, um, so, so presence, having someone present uh, changes our response to fear. Get courage. Um, and what is God saying to Joshua? He's saying, I am with you. I am with you. I am Present. Why can you be strong and courageous? Because you are not alone. You are not alone. I am with. 15 or so years ago, I went through a moment um, of like significant anxiety, like almost like I think I was 
having semi-panic attacks, couldn't uh, eat, etc., etc. Um, and uh, I read that verse in Philippians 4 verse 6, which was torturing me. I was like, this is the worst verse of the Bible. You know, like, do not be anxious about anything. You know, and everything, bring your requests and petitions to God and the peace of God that surpasses understanding you know, will come upon you. And you're like, yeah, thanks, Lord. Like, says there, trying not to be anxious, anything happened, nothing, you know, like still dying, yeah, still having these minor uh, panic attacks, you know, like where is the anxiety going? How many times do I need to read this verse? And I was in this park and I was walking up and down, trying my hardest to pray. And when you got significant anxiety, I don't know if any of you have experienced it's really hard to pray. You're trying to pray, um, but it's just like stuff is going through. So I was walking up and down, um, uh, et cetera, et cetera. And then for some reason, I, and I can only trust that this was God, for some reason while I was walking up and down, like I felt, go and read the verse before that. Go and read the verse before that. And then I went and I read uh, Philippians 4 verse 5, and it says this, the Lord is near. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, for the Lord your God will be with you. What changes the game for us? It's presence. It's a fact that God It's a Paul's argument for us to not be anxious. It's not a random command out of nowhere. What sets it up is the Lord is near. God is present. God is with us. If we want to walk forward with courage to move forward in our lives, what's going to help us move forward is the realization and the understanding that God is. I think our prayers are wrong. We pray that the obstacle or the cause of fear would be gone instead of praying that God would be present, that God would be present, that we would come to an understanding and a realization of the nearness of God. I don't know, you know, if you guys have noticed this, but this thing called the cell phone, information, um, I think has caused us to have no courage um, because we need to know everything beforehand. I, I don't know if you noticed that. Like, I'm amazed at my mom, you know, like back in the day, you know, you phone your mom at like six at night, mom, you forgot me at school. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I didn't know where you were, you know, like I thought maybe you were at a fridge. I'm like, mom, you forgot me. Like, I'm broken. And then my mom would come in and fetch me, you know, like, but like we were kind of raised by parents who didn't have constant access to information or where we were or, you know, so the levels of probably their anxiety were lower or they just needed more courage. But what, what's happened is that the more we have access to information, the more that we rely on knowing to cease to have anxiety. You know, I need to know what the traffic's going to be like. I need to know what this is going to be like. I need to know that this person is there safe. Lisa, will you put your live location on so I can see where, where you're driving? It's this need to be constantly uh, 
tethered to information for a sense of courage. Of courage often is because we can't like find an answer for it straight away. We haven't learned how to have courage when information is not available. We haven't learned how to have courage because of presence. Because God is going to help Harbor City move into its future. Presence. Move into your future. Presence. What's going to help you overcome some of the fears that you're facing? What's going to help you overcome some of the anxiety to take away from very real, um, you know, fears that people have? But presence, the Lord is near. Therefore, do not be anxious. I will be with you. Therefore, be strong and courageous. I am with you. Therefore, do not be afraid. I am with you. God with his people is what gives us the absence of fear is paralyzing you and keeping you stagnant at this point in your life. Changes everything. It, and final, I often think that things should come easily. Um, we just think that's how it should be, you know, like our future should come easily. Um, if we do a little bit of something, then doors will open, you know, money will flow, going to come easily. We do a little bit of parenting with our kids and they just grow up amazing. You know, like we just, we just want it all to come. But what the reality is, is even as you read through all of the first five books of the Bible and as you read through um, Joshua um, as they go into the promised land, what you see is that between the promise, between the fulfillment is always a lot of challenge. Moments of fear them through that. It's not that God just eliminates the challenge, but that God walks with them through, through, through tough moments. Some of us may be going through particularly difficult moments right now. Maybe some of them fill you with fear. Maybe as you lie in bed at night, maybe um, there's anxieties that just keep on going through your mind. Maybe these challenges, you've prayed that they would go away, but they're still there. The call is not that fear necessarily is going to be eliminated or that the challenge is going to go away. The call is that we will have courage and we will have courage because the Lord is near. Can we stand? We can just close our eyes for vulnerability's sake, for some people to have a moment of vulnerability here. I want to pray for you, who I'm praying for. I want to ask, if you really are struggling with maybe fear or maybe anxiety, maybe uh, uh, you just desperately need courage, I want to ask if you can just raise your hand who you are. 
and we're going to pray that God will give you courage. Thank you for every person who's raised their hands, living in South Africa right now, but living in the world right now. There's so many things that we can be afraid of. Personal lives, we may be going through things. Um, as an area, we're going through things, um, and we need courage. And so, Lord, I pray right now for every single person who's raised their hands, every single person who's asking you uh, to, to give them courage in their situation. I pray, Lord, for two things. Number one, I pray that they would begin even now to experience your nearness. Just the, reassur the reassurance that you are present would come upon them, Lord. I pray that that faith would rise. It would begin to rise in their hearts to know that you are near, that you are present, that you will not leave us nor forsake us. You have not left us up to our own devices. You're not calling us to walk through this life by ourselves, but you, God, are near. You, Lord, are present. And so I pray for just the continued realization of your presence day after day. I pray, Lord, as they would wake up, they would say, oh, Lord, won't you be near? And they would know, they would experience, they would feel, they would sense your nearness, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name. We ask you for that. And then I ask you, Lord, for courage to arise, for courage to arise that as every person who has put up their hands will face the situation this week or today or whenever, the thing that is causing them anxiety or the thing that is causing uh, them fear, I pray, Lord, for, for every single person now that, that is calling on you, that you would cause courage to rise that they would be able to stand in the midst of fear, but not because the fear is gone, but because you have given them courage, your presence, you're with them, you're uh, pointing them towards something greater than the fear. Every person, that the peace that surpasses understanding would begin to come as your nearness would come upon their lives and that courage would begin to rise so that they won't be paralyzed in the situation that they're in, but they would begin to move forward. And to research, needing to have every bit of information before we make a decision, struggling to find courage without just a plethora of information. But I pray, Lord, that you would give us courage, not because we have so much access to information, but because we have access to presence, to you, with us. In Jesus' name.